Okay, welcome to episode 84 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. This week we've got the return of a comics creator, graphic designer, podcaster, and good stroke bad comics aficionado. Yes, it's only Pete Davis. How you doing, dude? I'm not too bad. Good stroke bad comics aficionado. Well, we're going to get into that in a minute, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you finding lockdown? I thought are, you, you would... are you reading as much during lockdown, babes? Or? Um, I was in the first instance, but I right. think since, um, as, as you mentioned, you know, the, the graphic design thing, um, I'm trying to create my own sort of stuff. Um, I'm not reading as much as I'd like to because... You know, it's just taking so much time to get certain things done. And I'm learning, you know, I, I basically learned last year how to do certain things in graphic design. Yeah, you sort of you um, decided so as a very old man to, to learn a new <laughs> skill, didn't you? I think it's easier. <laughs> well, well, I think Not I said last me. time, I, I, just before we went into lockdown, um, I qualified as a, a an HGV driver. And then oh, everything went into lockdown right, and yeah. nobody would offer me a job because I had no, um, I had no experience. Yeah. So I'm sat there thinking to myself, well, got to retrain them basically so that's that's what i did and and um yeah so i'm not reading as much as i'd like yeah uh, i probably read more this week than i have in preparation for this than i have done in a while yeah. um I'm, I've, I've started to read steve sims badger uh battle badgers how good is that uh, in recent good weeks too that's yeah, no, that's yeah. yeah and you you can you can see you know his love of the uh of, of the sort of small press and the old indie scene um yeah. you know that t- turtle sort of thing yeah so and he drew a picture of my balls this week it hasn't haven't most people drawn a picture of your balls yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure I have somewhere. <laughs> I just draw around them. <laughs> I just draw around them beat. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, okay, and I have forced you well, to be fair, it's a it's a, <laughs> the agreement that we came up to together, didn't we really? Let's face it. The uh we, we did, uh yeah. we decided to pick three books from the early days of Image. So it's gonna be a slightly different episode. Um we sort of random picked three books and we're going to reflect on them. And we're going to have a uh, go through them, and we're going to, I think, probably reflect on them a bit from a sort of UK perspective, I suppose, which is slightly different from the US one, where they were sort of going to signings and stuff like that. Um, so, the early days of Image is a polarizing subject, I suppose, Pete. Would you agree? Or yeah, very much so. Very, yeah. very much so. How and we you... still see it today. Yeah, in, sorry, we still see it today, even in um, even in the group. There's one or two people who absolutely despise certain people within that that you know the early image uh, yeah oh yeah yeah it was um group they which, take they take a few knocks i mean they've got they they fall back into a cushion of cash don't they in the most part but uh, yeah they, uh, they do take a few a few knocks there's we'll talk about why it gets uh, why it gets love and why it gets hate as well i think because it gets a bit of both but where did you um you cuz you've told me you were there at the explosion you were there at the beginning Lee. what was your sort of personal circumstances were you you were you already a comics reader for example and yeah well my my mum started collecting um comics sort of early to mid uh, early to mid 80s oh, okay. um, and then as i got um i'm not sure exactly how old i was but it was uh, sort of mid to late 80s i started picking them up myself and then there was a car boot sale if i remember correctly and it wasn't like they were old comics they seemed to be new comics so obviously yeah. whoever it was selling them he'd obviously gone to comic shops or Maybe he was dealing with uh, the early. Um, it wasn't Diamond back then, was it? Always, or was it? No, it was Diamond. There was a few other companies yeah, as well. Yeah, there was wasn't a there? few. Or the odd, yeah, yeah, Capital. So you'd go there and else, you could yeah. pick up all the new X titles and you know and and all of that that sort of stuff. So, you know, I was picking up X Men by uh, by Jim Lee and X Force by Rob. Um, 
Mark Sylvester, obviously, on, on X-Men as well. Um, yeah. And then in, was it 1992, when when the image books kind of first came out, you know, they were new, weren't they? They were bright, they were shiny, they were by yeah. the creators that, um, you know, I was, I was kind of 12, 13, 14 years old at the time. So they were by those creators that that, that I liked and, and and enjoyed reading. So, you know, I picked them up, and then uh, my local comic shop um, they opened, and obviously, you know, they had all of them. So yeah. I wouldn't say I picked up every single one of them, but I picked up quite a few. Yeah, it was the same. I um I was a working man by this point. I'd been in full time <laughs> employment by for about five years, I suppose, at this point. And um, so nineteen ninety two is the year that it all happened. Um, I was going in buying comics and um, I remember this stuff started coming out and there was a lot of heat around it. I was probably going to Comicana in Chancross Road um, or um, Forbidden Planet in Yorkshire Street at the time and everyone was going nuts for this stuff. And so because I am a lemming, I bought them all, you know. <laughs> um, and But in my mind, and I, I hold solidly to this opinion and it's not me making it up trying to act cool, but... I did actually think, why? why uh, what am I missing? You know, why are these so cool? What am I missing in my head about these? I liked. So let's let let's name so the the seven members. So the seven members of the image. We're not going to go into the the huge history of this because there's so many documentaries yeah. and so many YouTube channels and so many. There's even <laughs> books about it. It's, I'm almost bored of hearing about it. To be fair. Um, yeah. I tried listening to Rob's Ovations this week. I've listened to it four or five, and I'm like, I, I went to listen to one about. Um, there was one entitled "The Death of Superman." I thought that was an interesting subject. Listen to that, and it was just Rob talking about himself for most of it. I think most of it is, isn't it? To be fair, yeah, um, yeah. he does like to talk about himself. You know, God love him, um, yeah, or hate him, obviously, as, as a lot of people do. Um, I, I myself, I, I did line up a couple of uh, Rob's Ovations. I have listened to most of them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I did line up a couple of that image, but uh, I didn't get round to them. However, I did. Li- Listen to the um, the off-panel ones uh, okay. from a few years ago. It was twenty-five years, and yeah. he spoke to four of the uh, four out of the seven creators. So you kind of got more than just Rob's yeah. story. There was uh, yeah. I like it when he refers to himself in the third person in a couple of interviews. That makes me laugh. <laughs> I do like that. I I'm not a Rob hater. I kind of like his energy. No. I think um, occasionally there's um, perhaps some evidence of laziness recently, but I think. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about him. I've got one that he's written actually. As a, as a we're gonna, we've got three each. But for those that don't know, a very quick potted history: nineteen ninety-two. Eric Larson, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Mark Silvestri, Jim Valentino, Wills Portasio to a slightly lesser degree, and Tom McFarland um, became left Marvel, went across the road and told DC that they were leaving Marvel. I don't really know why they did that, but they seemed to to make a statement. Um, <laughs> The um, and they formed Image Comics, and Image Comics by August of '92 had become the second biggest comic company um, that month over DC, so and under Marvel uh, after releasing only uh, six books. Um, and I think DC at that point that month had released forty books, I think. Um, so they were still the first book that came out from them was um, Young Blood, which was the Rob Liefeld book for Extreme Studios. Yep. The I'm just trying to think what the second one. I think the second one was um, Shadowhawk. I think. Oh, was it? Well, no, sorry. Yeah, it was Spawn and Shadowhawk. I've got that they came out the same month. Oh, okay. Um, right, I get you. Yeah. So I don't. You may well be right. May well have been Spawn to be fair. Okay, yeah. So we got so the the, the first batch was Youngblood from um, Liefeld, who had Extreme Studios. We got Spawn from Tom McFarlane, Tom McFarlane Entertainment. We got um, Shadowhawk from Jim Valentino. 
Um, we've got Wetworks from Wills Portacio, which came a bit later, actually. Cyberforce from Mark yeah. Silvestri. Savage Dragon from Eric Larson. And Wildcats from Jim Lee. So Eric Larson had, I think it was called Hybra Entertainment. I don't think it's a, a much used company name. Um, Jim Lee had Wildstorm. Mark Silvestri had Top Cow. Um, these are, a lot of these are all still in, in existence. Um, Jim Valentino had something called Silverline Books, which he, I think it's sort of kind of, isn't really continuing, but he actually became the publisher for a while. No. And um, um, then we had Will Sportasio. So the seven left. Will Sportasio's sister was ill, so he didn't become a full partner at that point. Mm-hmm. So we are examining the books that came from that initial explosion, I suppose, is the best way of putting it. And we're going to um, we're going to try and be fair. I think, Pete, is that it's not we're yeah, not yeah, going to lark about we might I'm not going to ask you here, mate <laughs> yeah 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 well we're going to be honest um <laughs> yeah um the because it's blamed for a lot of things isn't it image do you think i uh, yeah I, I think so I, and, and it, as you said earlier I, I think a little bit unfairly i mean yeah some of the some of the stuff i i listened to this week um you know it was talked about how they literally just gone out and ripped off characters that they'd previously been doing yeah. and i think it was uh jim valentino i think who'd said it wasn't that case it was just a case of a they wanted to make books that they enjoyed yeah uh b what's the point of him writing or he's i think he said what's the point of him writing an autobiographical comic or rob doing a western when fans wanted to see them do superhero books yeah. so that's what they did yeah. um, and now they blatantly you know you know took off uh the images of, of, of the same characters they've been creating the same sort of teams they've been created they, it was blatant you know what they did but yeah then if you if you actually go through a lot of the uh the small press and indie stuff on facebook now they're all, all spider-man knockoffs they're all batman knockoffs you know it, the difference was i guess is that the image guys were already big big names so yeah I think you know so. everybody's doing it yeah yeah the i think the the, the one of the big problems they get is they get blamed for the implosion that happened a few years later um, where comics you know the sales just dramatically shot yeah. you know dropped and when you had you know the hits of x-men was i think x-men the jim lee book was still is still the biggest selling comic ever i think i believe so yeah. and um spawn was a huge seller and young blood was a huge seller and, all, and, the, and a number of them were big sellers you know all in the the multiple hundreds of thousands if not millions um, yeah, I, I believe it made them all millionaires off the first box from what i understand yeah so i remember yeah yeah, and I, I remember there's a, there's an interview with um, Rob where he says he got a, a million dollar check from Marvel at one point before he left. Um, the but there was a number of other factors that played into this that played into that implosion. Um, yeah, and that was the trading card dealers who came over to comics. So trading card dealers decided, oh, this is you know, there's an easy way to make a quick buck. We've tried it with trading cards. That's sort of beginning to drop out. We'll come over to Marvel, uh, yeah. to comics rather. And Marvel had done variant covers. They'd done the Spider-Man, the Tom McFarlane sort of vanity project Spider-Man book, which had, what, like 10 covers? It had a platinum cover and a lenticular cover and all sorts in there. It got silly, didn't it, in the night? It got silly in the night. Yeah, it did. Um, Marvel did the variant covers with the X-Men as well. Um, And you had that the rise of the superstar artist over the collaboration. And I think that bounced back a bit when we got the rise of the writer around the the 2000s, I suppose. I mean, that... That, that in, a, in, in essence is what image were, weren't they? Really, they were the superstar artists. Yeah. So I mean, you can blame them all, all you want, I guess. Um, but that's the, as you say, that's the way the uh, the industry was at the time. Yeah. It was very much 
art led. I mean, <laughs> some of the stories, early stories, not great, to be fair. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but, but there was also the fact that, as you just mentioned, that the, there was the, um, the, the all the prospecting that was going on. You know, people were going out and per- I can remember you mentioned uh, Death of Superman. Yeah. Um, on on one of Rob's podcasts. Um, I can remember I had friends who went out and purposely bought five, ten copies. One they'd read, one they kept for themselves in a poly bag, and the others they knew they were going to sell at some point because they believed it was going to jump up in price. And I think that it's not that's not you can't blame that on image. No, I agree completely. Um, you know, yeah, that was the industry and, and the people who were coming into the industry, partly from the uh, uh, the trading card business. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, and I think part of it as well was um, uh, um, a reaction to the. I saw it referred to in I think it might have been the Robert Kirkman documentary we did on on Image, um, the Revenge of the Gloom of the British Invasion. <laughs> so we'd uh, we'd had the uh, Watchmen onwards, you know, we'd had. The, yeah. the doom and gloom um and this was like no they wanted and rob says this multitude of times on di- different episodes of observations he said he wants comics to be fun again um kind of did that did it <laughs> i don't know um well i mean one of the books i'm i'm gonna talk about and you talk about that they wanted to get away from the doom and gloom one of the books i'm going to talk about i think went completely the opposite way of that right um so i don't know i I i think a lot of their books they attempted to be you know realistic within within the comics world i guess um you know i i think they were still feeding off that dark night energy and yeah, and watching their energy them, in many yeah. respects. And not, you know, it wasn't all happy and smiley comics. They were still yeah. looking at, looking to kill people. You know, they wanted X Men on steroids. They wanted X Men who were prepared to kill. Yeah, Batman. You know, who would kill? That's what that's what they wanted. So I kind of disagree with. I mean, may, maybe they meant fun. Maybe Rob meant fun by just enjoying themselves. I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, but I'm I not think quite sure he made fun comics. The, the gritty, <laughs> the gritty of the Dark Knight, and you know those sort of books did turn up in here, but only mostly in rob's and jim lee's drawn teeth which were constantly <laughs> gritted um yeah okay yeah. how did characters talk that way <laughs> yeah yeah honestly yeah yeah <laughs> um good now we'll we'll we've got we're going to try and find out what we've learned by the end of this and there's going to be a number of, we're going to we're going to talk about was it just for the cash there's a few things we're going to talk about but let's let's get into the first book so we've got we've got three each um, we can do we can do sort of a couple of minutes or ten minutes on each if we like. You know how much however long you want to yeah, fancy. Yeah. So, what did you want to start with, dude? Um, well, I'm I'm going to start with um, Shadowhawk, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. Which is obviously one of the original seven members. Um, Valentino, the older of the group. Jim wasn't he? Valentino, yeah. that's right. One of the the older statesmen. Um, I looked into you know jim obviously had been around longer than the rest of the guys he'd been working in comics sort of in the the, the mid to late 70s i believe yeah he'd been involved in underground press stuff. as well yeah 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 that's right yeah, yeah. um so he, from what i understand he was good friends with rob uh first and foremost they were um on off sometimes studio buddies okay because rob at uh, the time was 23 and, on, he was 23 in 92 was, which is quite something yeah yeah yeah, and and your Jim Valentino would have been what close to forty. So I yep. suppose in this day and age, there might have been a few questions asked by a few people <laughs> as to what forty you always doing hanging around with a twenty year old. But you know, yeah, it was uh, it was a different time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I I never read Shadowhawk when it first came out. It was one of the books that I didn't pick up. Um, 
I didn't really know Jim Valentino too much as a creator. I, I think he, as you say, he mainly did a lot of uh, smaller stuff. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd followed him off Guardians. Guardians. Of the yeah, I'd followed him yeah. off Guardians, which was a solid run. It was, yeah, um, okay. a, to me, almost like a flashy Salpicima. There was a, there was something to that. It 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 isn't the Guardians of the Galaxy we all recognise now from the movies. It was the original lineup from back in the seventies, um, with a few twists here and there. But it was a good, fun cosmic soap opera of a book. You know, just a regular book, um, quite well respected, but not as huge a seller as something like. Um, spider-man or x-men or something like that no okay um right so i i it wasn't it wasn't something that i knew too much about and one of my best friends he picked it up i know that for, for certain because okay. i really do remember the cover um and and i, I mean i mean the, the cover obviously is it's all black background with uh shadow hawk and the picture of the helmet in uh sort of shiny uh embossed uh silver yeah, uh, with a bit of red around the eyes, and it was uh, you can tell it the, the the signatures down here, although they're not really signatures. It says Valentino, and then Liefeld, which uh, inside it, it does mention that Liefeld inked it, and and I think you can oh, see okay. that because of the the scratchiness of the inks. But in my opinion, when I looked at those original seven covers, this one to me really stood out. Yeah. Um, because all the re- the rest of them, they were generic team X type poses. They were generic, you know, Spider Man pose. Spawn kind of was. Yeah. Whereas this one was a little bit different, I think. Um, and maybe the fact it was shiny and, and We were going for that um, boss cover thing, weren't we, at the time? Yeah, we were mugs for that, weren't we? Were, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so it really was like the first time I'd ever read um, Shadowhawk, to be honest with you. Other than uh, when they did the... Uh, there was a crossover, wasn't there, where they all did each other's books. Um, yes. Rob did an issue of it. So I read that one. But that oh, okay. was Shadowhawk Zero, which I, I think was something like the third series... So yeah, that um, was the one that came with the coupon, didn't it? You had a coupon, you could send it off, and you got an a, like a a comic sent to you. I think right. all the zero oh, issues. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, first of all, from what I remember, are we are we okay to spoil? Books yeah, from yeah. Twenty five years think ago. So. I yeah, think okay. Right. Yeah. So, from what I remember, um, Shadowhawk was one of um, I think two. Um, books from from that initial run where the heroes were black and they were created obviously by white yeah um, creators weren't they so the other being spawn, you know in obviously. my mind i'm thinking yeah spawn yeah exactly you know kind of quite progressive in in some respects you know that, that valentino especially being older had decided to go for a black superhero um although in the first issue well to be honest with you, the, the first trade um or the, or the first four issues it doesn't really tell you who the character is you know it doesn't actually Okay. explain straight out so this is the this is this is the guy that's um he is he is shown in this first issue um paul johnston who uh is um is shadow hawk but throughout the first sort of three issues they attempt to make somebody else seem like he's shadow hawk okay right um so so yeah so i'm not looking into it i'm, I'm looking at the you know the art style to me is as i say wasn't a big um jim valentino follower I, I do see that kind of underground look um, yeah. about his art style. A little bit more small press. Um, okay. And perhaps I would have been used to back then, because back then I really was a big fan of the Jim Lees and, and, and the, the Mark Silvestri's. I get you. Yeah. Um, that Marvel house styles. So It's a little bit um, more, I remember it being a little bit more sort of straightforward. Um, isn't, there's, no, the, there's no sort of um, big, flashy, you know, upside down panels or whatever it is they did. Oh, no, 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 no. It's... Right. Um, you know the storytelling, like you say, that that he's not trying to uh, trying to outdo the reader or 
<clears throat> make himself look more exciting than he is. He's, you know, he's he's telling the story as you say. It's it's. I, I guess it's ten, fifteen years in the in the business. Yeah. Um, and he's not looking to uh, to outshine anybody really. Um, now, as, as I mentioned, you know, is, is it progressive? You know, he's gone for a black superhero. As I'm reading through this book, and and, and I don't want to be too negative about it because it's 25, 30 years old. Yeah, yeah, cool. But every character on the street. It seems to ha- seems to either be involved in drugs, or you know, uh, gang uh, is is gang banging. Um, it, it's almost like his view of new because it, it actually says New York consultants in there. Leslie and Adam, I don't know who they are, but New right. York consultants. And his view of New York really seems to be quite negative, to be honest with you. Right. I remember it being um, having the reputation for being quite brutal, quite violent. It's very brutal. Yeah, I mean, it it it, it is. It does seem like a you know it, it, it's violent Batman, and this is why what yeah. I mentioned uh, about the Dark Knight. Um, I mean, the, the whole the, the scene opens up with you know just some guys, some black kids sat around not doing anything, and then they see a homeless guy. Right. And one guy pulls out a knife and basically says, "We want to talk to you." Or sorry, he says, "We want to talk to you." And you know, it's all say maybe you didn't hear the brother none too good um, uh, you know it's it's almost like you're trying too hard i know what you're trying to get at yeah but you're trying too hard and then and then he goes and just literally rips their spines out um okay so you know it, it is it is literally violent batman yeah um and and we discover that one of the police officers who they who you kind of start to think is this is this who Shadowhawk is um he he's filthy rich um, he's got a strong sense of civic uh, duty, and that's why he joined the police force. And he witnessed his parents murdered when he was a small child. Right. Okay. And you're like, oh, <laughs> please don't go down this this route. But, but as it is, it's one of the it's one of the guys who actually lives in in the uh, in the projects. Right. Um, you know who 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 Shadowhawk. Do you know what? I've um, read and, it, and I don't, I can't remember. Who and you can't remember. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there's 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 some lettering issues in it. Um, there's a point where the letterer who is uh, Diane Valentino, I'm guessing his wife. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, Couldn't I find so. anything on that. Um, she, she, well, the letter writes URA. And then in um, in a larger font, it says, A Nightmare Walking. But it's A, and then the next line says NIG. The next line says HTM. Oh, okay, next, yeah. And it's terrible. It runs down, it's just, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Again, I don't, I don't want to slag this bug off, but yeah. as I read it, you know, it's, I, I, again, I could see what they were going for, but it, it feels like it was, one of, one of the, the problems thrown at those image, early image creators were that they were artists trying to be writers. And I know that's why Rob brought in Alan Moore to try and work yes. with him and yeah. lots of them. Um, Neil Gaiman came in, Mark Dave Sim came in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they all brought in different writers and you can see why, because it's, the, 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 the book is wordy. Uh, there's no real time to breathe. It's almost as if he's. I, I don't know. This is this is again nothing against Jim Valentino. I'm wondering whether, because he was the thought to be the the weakest of the seven, that he felt like he's got to come out running and and and, and can't take his time. Right. When we talk about some of the um, when, when people talk about some of the Kirkman books, you know, Kirkman can take five issues and not do anything within the story. Yeah. And then the sixth issue. Because it's the back end of the trade, something exciting will happen. Yeah, okay. But he seems to know that he's got that time. Whereas I don't know whether Jim felt like he didn't have that time, so he had to come out running. Um, 
I think that's something sure they that all talk about, isn't it? I think they all they all talk about the there's there's oft quite I think of every documentary I've, I've heard, one of them has said, "Oh, we mm. were all brothers, but we had the competitive nature of brothers, so we were all looking to outdo each other." Um, and I think yeah. that must include getting books out because I know that you know, well, nearly everyone fell behind, didn't they, at some point yeah. or other? Um, um, and because they got so embroiled in the business side of it and running multiple books and you know running multiple companies and all this sort of thing, but yeah, maybe that's part of it, dude. Yeah, maybe. Um, as I say, you know, it's um, it, it's a it, it it is a play on you know wanting to be kind of like Batman from from what I can see. Um, yeah. But there's an awful lot, in my opinion, of stereotyping the characters. You know, there's a guy who used to be a DA and one who used to be a Wall Street bro- uh, broker. Um, but now one of them is a street hustler. Um, you know, it, 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 it's that sort of thing. They, everybody who, who is in these projects on the street, it, they are sort of every sort of trope, every sort of, um, uh, stereotype that you can imagine. That's what he's kind of gone for. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and it's, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that's what I struggled with a little bit. But that, um, maybe that was comics for a while, wasn't it? Do you remember every time like, a street gang would turn up, it would be very racially diverse, and the yeah. the white geese would either be a biker or a punk. The black dude would be a <laughs> pimp of some kind. You know, it's like that. The yeah, yeah, the the yeah. Chinese dude would do martial arts. You know, it was a bit like that. Even even in movies, it was a bit like that for a while, wasn't it? You know, it was sort of everything was this sort of stereotype cliche in a gang, and you know, street thugs. You know. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Uh, cool, True. nice one. Off the blocks, nice one. Not, and <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't know if you agree with me. Not the worst of the bunch. Uh, no, probably not. Not certainly not out of those seven. I mean, as I say, um, it's it's not terrible. It's yeah. um, the storytelling's a lot better than some of the uh, the other seven, especially. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, go. And he obviously tries to misdirect people as well. So yeah, I get you. Yeah, no, I was aware of that at the time. Definitely when I was reading it, I do remember that. Yeah, a bit of mystery sort of thing. I'm going to go slightly off the seven and go with a creator who they got in, um, uh, who's who's a friend of Jim Lee's, uh, as I understand it. And this is um, a book called Hellshock, issue one by Jay Lee, no relation. Um, mm. It came out in July '94, so you know a year or you know you know a year or so after the, the you know the big front of books came out. Story and art by Jay Lee, colors by Jose Villarubia, computer colors by David Larks. Letters by Richard Starkins at Comic Craft. Um, it's actually only half a comic. The it's one of the things that immediately got me wound up about it is it actually finishes before you get to the staples. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then it becomes one, two, three, four, four pinups, and then you get a look at the original Hellshock Tale, which has subsequently been banished to hell. And there's this sort of splash page heavy. Sin City homage, four pages of comic, um, which is obviously the original concept for it. And then it goes into adverts. So you get a Stormwatch advert, you get some article written about Image, you get a, a Savage Dragon advert, Cyber Cyber Force action figures advert, you get Booth. I don't know if you remember that was a sort of comedy character. Uh, you get a Pit advert, uh, you get a Profit advert. You get a Shadowhawk advert. There you go. You get a Youngblood Battlezone 2 advert. You get a, an Image T-shirt advert. You get a Spawn issue 24 advert. And you get a Hellshock issue 2 advert on the back. Now, it's... Uh, of of the pages, there's probably maybe 
six that are splash pages one is a double splash page of just a face i think it's the one i sent you i think isn't it i think did i send you that one can't remember uh, yeah yeah with yes. this sort of flame in the front of it um yeah it's um one dollar 95 to buy at the time um it's daniel is the son of an angel and a human of course he is um he'll need his powers <laughs> to save his mother from being dragged to hell she while she is being seduced into a cult um you get three issues in the 90s. Well, you get two and a half issues, to be fair, if, if uh, it's like this. And you find it's finished in 2005, believe it or not, um, when it was collected by Dynamic Forces in, in companion with um, Image. Um, I, I like Jay Lee. I bought a comic by him only yesterday. Um, I like his stuff. Um, I like his style. I think I probably... If I was honest, would say I prefer his covers to his in- interior work, but I do enjoy it as well. Yeah. Um, he went to art school. Did a little digging. He went to art school for around three months. Um, he's now an utterly, completely different storyteller compared to this. I was chatting to mm. Vince about it, and Vince says, "Oh, I hated his work back then, but I really like it now." I agree with him around that. Really? Yeah. Okay. He um he originally, if you if you look at his Wikipedia page, it claims that his first story was um, a Marvel Beast story in um, Marvel's The Beast story in Marvel Comics Presents 85 to 92 before he went on to Namor and replaced um, John Byrne on art duties. It's not actually. He had a friend who was an inker for DC, a sort of journeyman inker, and he, who had spilt ink on the pages and he had to redraw a page from um, Young All-Stars for DC and was never credited. In fact, I don't think DC knew he did it, but he recounted it in this interview I saw. Um, he drew Namor, um, was a substantial change, significant change on Namor at the time from being this quite clean-cut Namor as a businessman, John Byrne vehicle, and it just went wacky for me after that. Um, did you read any of that, dude? Or No, I didn't. Um, I mean, my, my introduction to Jay Lee would have been... <clears throat> Uh, I do actually own an, uh, an, an issue of Hellshock, but I think it's a later on issue, maybe number seven, something like that. Okay. Um, but my introduction to Jay Lee would have been some one of the Xbox, I think. I think it was X Factor. He was. Yes, he did. He, he went did on to X Factor. Five, eighty six, something like that. And, and I, you mentioned his covers. Those covers. Um, it was around the execution of song sort of time, if I remember rightly. Yeah. That um, it involved right. uh, Bishop and uh, oh God, who was the other one? Um, Cable, I think. And they were fantastic covers. They were so, I mean, they, they were, there was so much ink in them. They were so gritty. Yeah. Um, and as you say, very difficult. It's very different, I should say, to, to what we see now. Yeah. Um, but but no, those covers, I, I fell in love with those covers. Yeah, he did. Okay. He did some Youngblood. Did some Wildcat stuff as well, yeah. I think. Yeah, Youngblood Strike File. He did three issues of that. Um, yeah. 98, he went on to do Marvels in Humans with Paul Jenkins, which is still considered quite a classic and is a great book. Yeah, I think I've got that somewhere as well. Yeah, he did some... That's sen- the Marvel, is that Marvel Knights or something like I that? I think it is, man. Yeah, it's the early days of Marvel Knights, I think. Yeah, exactly right. Um, he then did The Sentry. Um, he did Fantastic Four, one, two, three, four with Grant Morrison, which is quite a book as well. Uh, he did the Before Watchman Ozymandias series, which is great. Um, he... I, I, he does a load of work for for Dynamite. I think I bought a. It was a Red Sonia I bought yesterday with him with him on the cover, which is it's lovely. I love his covers, man. If if there's a variety of covers on the Vampirellas or Red Sonias or whatever it's going to be, the Superpowers series, and it tends to be his that I go for. Um, yeah, I was gonna have a, I was gonna have a go at him for this this book. Do you know what I mean? But I <laughs> I actually think it's probably the editorial's fault. I think this is the fault of the editor. You know, of putting a book out that has got. Um, Larry Marder at the time was executive director. Um, who else we got here? Doesn't have a doesn't have an actual editor. Maybe that's the problem. Um, 
problem, yeah. And it's, and it's a problem across across the line for the early years, isn't it? Um, yeah, oh, God, yeah, definitely. Yeah, why why you would buy a comic that's, what, 10, 12 pages and the rest is f- literally oh. filler? Um, I think that 10, 10 sort of pages is the sort of thing Jim Lee can manage every year now, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, it's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, um, I really like him. I, I watched um, a couple of interviews with him today and he's the sweetest dude. He's a lovely dude. Mm. He got um, he got dogpiled on Twitter a year ago or something, didn't he? I think by Tom King and um, Heather Antos mm. and a few people mm. for. Um, did he do a book for someone connected he, with Comics Gate or something? He drew a cover for. Oh, it was one of the main people in. Um, it was was it was it Cyber Frog or something like that? Is that uh, the Van Skyver um, book? Is it? I think so. Yeah. Now, and and I'm pretty sure it was him who said he he's not on social media. He doesn't do social media. It was just a case of somebody offered him a job. Yeah. And it was just to cover, you know, he's not interested. And yeah, as you say, Tom King just rips him apart without knowing anything because they were working together, weren't they? That's something? right. He was doing a cover for Rorschach, wasn't he? I yeah. Think. Yeah. And he said, don't bother picking this cover up. And Jay Lee just went, you know, my dog has just died. Yeah, I haven't had my phone on all day. Yeah. 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 I haven't had my phone on day. I don't know. I don't go on social media. If you check, I do not, I do not know anything about um, Comicsgate. And he got an awful lot of responses saying, how can you not know Comicsgate? Well, funnily enough, one of my best friends, who's a big comic fan, doesn't do social media very much. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't know what Comicsgate was either. So it's it just because I know what Comicsgate is doesn't mean that everybody else does. So yeah, I know. You know I think sometimes we forget these <laughs> yeah. things. You know, and that, that not everybody is on Twitter twenty four seven. All due respect to Tom King, whose work I have enjoyed in the past. He used to work for the CIA. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Comicsgate or the CIA, Comicsgate or the CIA. I'm not sure who's been the worst historically, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, I think he's just he just did it as a job. Yeah, and I, I think it was a bit unnecessary because he is the nicest guy ever. Yeah, so I'll buy his stuff. This is um, stylistically very strange for him. The first page is four um, vertical panels of bloodied handprints with a sort of narration going on, um, and page three is a close up on a door handle. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but then by the time you get to page six, you, you're going. It's almost going full Sinkovich. You know, there's nuns and candles and mm. a nine-panel grid and lots of shadow and this gorgeously formulated, formulated, um, formatted um, um, window in a church. You know, just lovely, lovely stuff. And then you go to this like weird double-page spread of a close-up on a face with a sort of computer-generated fire in front of it. And it's it's strange. It could have been more. I I blame editorial for going. No, we need a whole issue. It needs to be like this. Don't worry about these big double page spreads. Don't keep doing us pin ups. Yeah. We just need more and more. And I think I think if with a with a guiding hand on this, this could have been an absolutely great book. I really do think that, you know. From what you've just said there, it sounds um, and, and by all accounts, I've not seen too many books written by Jay Lee. So yeah. he's not really a writer, is he? Not that and I it sounds of, like yeah. he had a lot of ideas. Yeah. Um, and what he needed as he just as you just said is a guiding hand. Maybe somebody to ghostwrite with him. Yeah. Or maybe somebody to say, you know, I'll put this together as an editor. Um, I mean, the the, the Shadowhawk book there was 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 edited by Eric Stevens. Right. And now, yeah. I know that a lot of these image books they didn't like to have editors, but you'd think that somebody there would just say, listen, just let us have a look over it. And yeah, as you say, then they could have guided him and said, you know, the story needs adjusting here and moved around here, and you've got a lot of ideas here that really you need to to, to think about and giving <laughs> yeah. him a bit more time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Mine now gets slowly worse, just to let you know, just so we're clear about this. Okay. That's the high point for my three. So mine gets better. Oh, there you go. Good. Gets a nice little balance. So what's your next one, dude? <laughs> okay. Okay, so the next one I'm going for is Trencher. Yeah. Um, Giffin! Which I did read at the time. Keith Giffin, yeah. correct. I did read um, when, it, when it first came out. 
Um, and, and as I didn't do in the first one, I'll, I'll name a few names. Um, and because it feels a bit wrong that I didn't name anybody other than uh, um, Valentino, yeah. than the creator Shadowhawk. Can't remember now. Yeah, um, so yeah. Trencher, Trencher. Um, here we go. Created, written, and drawn by Keith Giffen. Coloured and lettered by I'm going to absolutely destroy this Laverne Kinzierski. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess. And edits it says Bill Bud Shakespeare, which to be honest, it just looks like it's a or sounds like it's a mate. Yeah. Um now obviously Keith Giffen, you know, as you've just said, everybody knows who Keith Giffen is. Created Rocket Raccoon, um, Legion of Superheroes, he, he wrote and drew that. Um the writer, one of the writers I should say of Justice League International, yep. um, the uh, the Bois Ha Ha uh, time created Lobo. Um yeah, Ambush Bug. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm yeah, yeah, that's correct. And and he was the breakdown artist as well on uh, the DC uh, 52 yeah. series. Obviously, that's the weekly one, which pretty much I, I think he was one of the main people keeping that thing running because the artists had breakdowns then, didn't they? They didn't have to, to do everything from scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a bit um, guiding light on that one. Yeah, yeah. Now this um, after after Shadowhawk and the, all the darkness, etc. I mean, the the cover here is just a, a mess of color. Um, from what I understand, this was probably one of my introductions to Keith Giffen, to be honest with you. I didn't really read much DC beforehand. Okay, yeah. So I, I genuinely thought this was how Keith Giffen drew. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a bit nuts, but, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah, it was a massive change from what I understand from his normal art style. I think he kind of channeled a bit of Philip Bond or Jamie Hewlett, Jim Marfood. You know, there's a lot of 90s underground stuff there. It's very gritty. Um, I think it's uh, there's, there's detailed elements of Jeff Darrow in this in this book. Um, and when I talked about the the storytelling issues with Shadowhawk, where it just felt like everything was crammed in as as much as possible, the first five pages of this book, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, I'm going to clear what the hell's going on. He's, he's crash landed to earth. He's crash landed to earth. But he's taken five pages just to show, you know, the sky opens up, um, something's about to happen. Then all of a sudden, this big red flash comes down, and you know, by the end of the fifth page, he actually speaks. Right. So the storytelling element, you can see that he's a storyteller. He's actually a writer as opposed to yeah. Jim Valentino and some of the other guys who don't seem to be actually, don't seem to actually be storytellers or writers as such. Um, you know, some of the, 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 as I say, some of the art on this is, is, is madness the whole, the whole way through, you know, it's, it's bright colors. Um, it's, it's pure fun. Yeah. I mean, the, the first guy we meet, the first villain we meet uh, is a guy called the Nasal Python, whose <laughs> nasal hair comes out and grabs hold of, uh, you know, his, uh, the person he's fighting. <laughs> you, imagine, you can imagine <laughs> Keith in the mirror on a Saturday morning, you know, <laughs> trimming his nose hair, yeah. and he thinks, oh, this would make a good villain. Yeah, yeah. At one point, he, he, he lights two lighters, ties them to the guy's nose hair, and lets him bring the, the lighters back to, you know, burn his own knows basically i mean it's just just absolute just silliness yeah okay um you know it was it was just it was clearly just fun it, everything down to the panel lay layouts um you know the way it's written again it's it's quite um small press indie like um ev everything about it just screams i'm just having fun yeah good i am um, i'm a big fan of giffin i um i think i first saw him when he did the defenders um which was very kirby um but kind of like kirby on 
mushrooms a little bit you know he saw there was something strange mm. about it and then he did um a very he went he had, he became quite a straight goer in legion of superheroes which was one of the big books at the time of you know when x-men was burn and then Cockrum, and then you know you had perez on teen titans and legion was like the third big team book at the time and it was, it was good really popular and the great yeah. darkness saga was an amazing series um and then we got five years later and he began to sort of show his cards a bit and then we got ambush bug and he really showed his cards and by the time we hit trencher everyone's going what the fuck is he on you know it's like <laughs> that and um i like it all i've got a page of he did you remember um new universe there was a book called justice um Yes, from Marvel, he did yeah. a page in that, and I bought it, and it cost me ten dollars to buy. Really, I know, and that was oh. only about four years ago. Um, I know. Oh, I thought you were going to say this was back in the early nineties. No, no, it was only that recently. And he's got. A, I was speaking to John Suntress at New York, and right. he was he was we were actually talking about Giffen and saying, you know, is he here? And I said, well, I haven't seen him on the list. And he said, I don't think he's here. I'd really like to interview him. He only interviewed him once, and he said it was a bit. He was a bit grumpy during the interview, and I thought, oh, okay. Well, I'm, I quite like um, Keith Giffen. Incidentally, we share a birthday, so I sort of thought, oh. So I was wandering around, and I was at the Hero Initiative table, and somebody looked up, and I was looking at these these um, prints they had, and they were all um, Keith Giffen drawn prints. I think he had a Superman cover and stuff like that. And I went, oh, I'll, I'll get some of these. Are these signed? And he went, I can sign them for you. And it was Keith Giffen. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> he was right, okay. the nicest guy. Uh, you could tell he's a bit curmudgeonly, I'll be honest with you, but he's, he was brilliant. I talked to him for ages. Um, it was, sorry, it was something I wondered because when you said about him being curmudgeonly, you know, it, in, 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 a, in a lot of these works where, um, you know, the, 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 they're not written, you're not writing Marvel or DC stuff, um, you're not writing for somebody, you're writing your own stuff. A lot of your own personalities can come out, can't, can't they? Yeah. And, and and this trencher guy is he complains the entire time he yeah, hates yeah. the job and i kind of thought to myself is is keith kind of trying to say something here um yeah i get you yeah is he the character in some ways good what well, well let's move on because we're um 45 minutes in and we've we haven't got yeah, to sorry that's, that's, that's all right man that's, <laughs> that's don't use me, that man. so my my next one is um from march 1993 and it's splitting image number one um based on an idea by rob liefeld and drawn written and drawn by don simpson um art story and lettering um is by don the and uh, the editor was eric stevenson colors by hillary jenkins um available currently on ebay for the full price of two pounds um it has been collected there was two issues it got collected as part of the 25th anniversary um thing in 2017 so you can actually get it unlike a lot of this stuff which just isn't available on comicsology or anything or in reprints a lot of it you just don't see um mm. don simpson was best known as a creative megaton man if you remember him um he started at Kitchen Sink between 84 and 86, known to satirise human uh, superheroes in uh, X-Them's and Yarn Man. Self-published his comic Bizarre Heroes. Um, quite supportive. Um, Eric Larson was quite supportive of him, of him, and they did a crossover with Savage Dragon. Um, used the name Anton Dreck to do erotic comics. He did a comic <laughs> called, uh, probably one of your favourites, Pete, Wendy Whitebread, Undercover Slut. He, uh, well, that's... that's Jot that one day. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's basically um, lampooning all the seven heads of Image Comics in a kind of cracked magazine style. Um, page one is a, is a spaceship, which is kind of like the Image spaceship, and they have sort of analogs for the. So you've got Lotus G. Oh God, that's like painfully. 
slightly racist. Um, I don't know. And he says, uh, up and down the page, you've got these the, all these characters who are basically analogs of the, the credits. So he, he's obviously meant to be Jim Lee. Don't you think I know the fantastic capabilities of the Marginal Seven, which is what they're calling them in this? After all, I'm the smartest and richest member of the team. That's why I get to boss you guys around. And then you had a character called God McFarthing. Um, and he says, Lotus is right. I'm the militant radical of the group. No position is too extreme, either for my drawing or my career moves. It's pretty, it's pretty biting. Next one you've got, it's kind of life held with like, with um, squirrel's teeth, goofy teeth and sort of freckles and a bowl cut. And he's called Brat Lifeguard. I'm the hothead of the group. I'm a spoiled, self-indulgent artiste. Without me, the Marginal Seven would be short, one, one spoiled, self-indulgent artiste. That doesn't make sense, but there you go. That's what it is. Then you got name. <laughs> then you got name withheld. Who's clearly the Eric Larson character? Who probably I'm sensing went fuck that. I'm having nothing to do with this. And it's yeah. just like a, a white globe for a head, and it's called name withheld. I'm the loose cannon of the group. I fearlessly shoot my mouth off at the drop of a hat from behind a cloak of anonymity. So there's obviously some in joke there, some dig there. Is it? Was- Larson and Peter David did an awful lot of fighting, didn't they? They did, didn't they? Um, yeah. Although I don't think there was any anim- an- anonymity back then. It was, yeah. uh, they were quite open about it. Yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, then you had um, uh, Val- um, Valentino is, is called Val J Tasmania, and looks like um, the melt. It looks like um, a prehistoric man with like a mouthful of jagged teeth, unshaven, like a, a low brow. And it says, hey, wait a second. I thought I was the hothead militant radical loose cannon of this outfit. I sure have a short fuse and a big chip on my shoulder. Maybe. So they, they love the maybe, don't they? Maybe yeah, I yeah. can be the moody doomslayer of the group. Um, then Sylvester is someone called Sly Virility. who's <laughs> like a sort of big Cheshire grinning, weird big eyebrow bloke. And he's, I'm just an easygoing, healthy, happy kind of guy. Only good things happen to me because I think good thoughts... I'm also very good looking. Did I mention that I'm extremely successful? Like, yeah. It's all going on. Yeah, it's, it, it seems odd, doesn't it, that they would be, as you say, quite biting about yeah. themselves. And this was when things... I'll just read the last one. So, um, Will Sportasio is called What Is His Name? Um, I guess that leaves me. I'm the young, naive mascot of the Marginal Seven. I'm truly in awe of these guys, and I'm sure... Lotus has a good reason for us calling us all here. So they've all gone to one of the spaceships, I think. Um, but this is when the cracks began to start forming, didn't they? The It was a little bit after this, but I think Mark Silvestri had a creator taken off him by Liefeld, who offered to pay him more money to come over to Extreme Studios. They fell out. On a recent observations, Rob says the reason that him and Silvestri didn't, or one of the reasons they didn't get on was because they he had a signing in Silvestri's line was a lot shorter than his and he didn't like it <laughs> yeah okay but, uh, the guy lives on a malibu beach house and drives you know he's, he's got a supermodel missus and yeah, and, yeah. and drives fancy cars yeah. i don't think he's going to be upset about and that was at the time as well yeah i don't think he's going to be upset about rob yeah exactly getting along a line but this this kind of starts okay i mean it's it's full of in jokes that you probably wouldn't have understood as just a, an average reader, but I kind of look back yeah. and is is a a document of the relationships and the time and stuff. And there's there's little parodies of them and about they keep calling what's his name? It's not Rob Liefeld, is he? He's um, Brat Lifeguard. The uh, has sort of parodies of his team and there's a Guardians of the Galaxy parody going on and it's kind of okay. You know, 
it's, it's all right and they they lampoon their themselves so it'll be interesting to hear how much um rob liefeld said just get on with it we'll put it out whatever because don simpson has kind of gone for it in the middle of this in fact there's an advert here of alan moore writes spawn eight isn't it so that sort of gives you the period um there's a joke about it being a big group shot at one point um they do a sort of big jumping out of a plane kind of shot you know as they were like like to do um and it goes okay yeah. and it's it's all right and it's very readable and if this was in a black and white magazine you'd think yeah it's all right and then they go full pin-up pages um right, which okay. is just a bit bizarre um is 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 that to sort of mimic i think it's part the, of the image joke. guys yeah, yeah i, I guess it's part yeah. of the joke but as you say that doesn't help the storytelling aspect of no and then slightly slightly strangely um savage dragon is called are you ready for this the jolly green drag queen um and is dressed as a woman with lipstick on and fishnets and i think probably someone would be shot at dawn on twitter if this was um if this came out now <laughs> <laughs> I, I wondered about a lot of these books to be honest with you how, how far they'd get yeah in today's society yeah it's a strange one it's um it's it's interesting it's got an advert for trencher in as well there you go it's and it's interesting because it is kind of a uh, historical document now there's a lot going on in it you could, i mean i could write an essay on this what's going on in this and what they mean by it um <laughs> right. it's, it's interesting and there is there is a second issue i'm tempted to get the hardback i think it's a hardback of it so I'm, i am actually quite tempted because it's it's something that bears <laughs> there's a poster on the back which is basically young blood redrawn like um one character's got a bucket on his head and stuff like one's got a shower cap on and it's called <laughs> young brat brood and he's drawn it. Liefeld's drawn it. Look, so he's in on the joke. Yeah, you, it does. It does make me wonder because Liefeld likes to think he's very funny. Yeah. Um, that he maybe he was the guy who was really in on it. Yeah. Could well and, be. And everybody else really wasn't. I, I can't imagine Todd being too happy about certain things. No. You know. He. Uh, you know. He. I. I, I don't know. I, and and to be honest with you, when you when you mentioned um, Wills, I mean. The whole reason for Will stepping away from from this was because of his sister being ill. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that that feels a little bit below the belt to be honest it with does. you. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my there one. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so what's your next one, dude? Okay, so the last one I'm going to go for of my three um, is I think it came out around the same time as Trencher. Okay. Um, and it's uh, it's um larry stroman and todd johnson's uh the tribe right i've not read this which, one no. no um so larry stroman um I, I looked them up larry stroman obviously came up uh through american flag um he did some backup stories and then he worked for a lot of stuff for marvel okay um and and i knew him from x factor when he was drawing uh with peter david right okay and um, that's when i remember yeah. um larry stroman whilst todd johnson i couldn't find anything of and i think that's one of the reasons why this book didn't really go anywhere um from what i understand he this was pretty much his own only uh comic book that okay. he, that he's drawn he was interested in writing poetry from what i understand before so i don't know whether he was friends with larry um and then he seemed to have left comics uh, to raise his family and um his family owned a, a long-term care um home or facility in, in michigan All right okay. um, and he's now it would seem writing books again although from what i saw they, they i think they're personal personal sexual stories or something i'm Ooh, not entirely like sure yeah. didn't really go <laughs> yeah but um but yeah so so todd johnson did the story um larry stroman the the uh the the story and art and we've got joe chiodo on color who became quite a big colorist um within image from what i remember 
Uh, Mike Heisler on lettering. Wendy Fouts was a colorist assistant. And uh, Ollie Optics uh, was a color separator. Um, again, it doesn't look like there was an editor in here. But I don't think this is a terrible book, to be fair. Okay. Um, it, apparently, Tribe Number 1 exceeded 1 million copies sold, which was the largest and still is, I believe, the largest selling African-American created comic of all time. Oh, nice. Cool. However, <laughs> a year after that, Image started culling books, um, which may, may well be, it was sort of 94, 95, and may well be, as you mentioned earlier, when the, 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 the cracks started to happen. Yeah. Um, and this was one of them because it had, only one book had come out. Um, after that, they started Axis Comics. Uh, the, the pair of them did, which I believe brought about two more issues. Okay. And then there was kind of a change in the relationship between the writer um, and, and, and the artist. Uh, increased production costs. There was some creator apathy, I'm guessing, with Todd Johnson because it seems like he wasn't really in, in comics, was he? So yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. maybe he just kind of thought, this isn't for me. Um, and then Good Comics brought out issue zero, which was apparently the final issue of the, the, the series. But I only own this first one. Um, now, I was a big fan of Larry Stroman's art. Um, he, he drew people of color quite well, as opposed to just drawing white people colored black <laughs> yeah. or brown. Yeah, I get you. Um, you know, when you, open the, when you open this book on the, uh, on the credits page, there's a, a, a lady of color with a large derriere. Um, now, if we if we think back to you know when you, you're reading your X Men, she would have been exactly the same. Storm is the same size as Jean Grey, just differently coloured, isn't she? Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know, but um, but yeah, the, there's a lot of threads going on um, in this book. Um, it introduces sort of these bad, bad guys, these uh, European international. Uh, I think they're called Europe Pan. Uh, they're acquiring businesses, but they're super powered and they acquire it through nefarious means. Um, there's, uh, the tribe who are this group who seem to hang around in gyms a lot and, uh, <laughs> like to beat people up, yeah. um, you know, using their superpowers. Um, there's also, uh, there's this new club called the hype opening, which, um, when it first starts, it's just an empty warehouse, but the guy who is running it, uh, can sort of change reality. All of a sudden it goes from being an empty warehouse to being a tangible nightclub. Right. Okay. Um, and it's the, you know, it's the place to be. And there are groups after this guy, this the hype. It doesn't really explain why. Um, there are two or three kind of gangs after him and this tribe kind of coming to try and save him. It doesn't really explain why, and there's a lot of threads going on. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, that was kind of a trademark kind of, of a lot myself, of these. I mean, what, what studio was this with it? Do you know? Is it an extreme I one? Or this is just from their own, just as produced by, or published by Image Comics. Okay, right. It does doesn't look like it's it's with anybody specifically right which perhaps why after a year they they kind of got moved on yeah um there's a lot of threads it's 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 enjoyable you know to a certain extent um but you kind of to be able to to really enjoy this book i think you really needed the longer form story yeah um and and it does look like they, they obviously there's an awful lot of problems um and so they maybe they did tie uh, these threads up but I'm guessing it probably wasn't tied up as well as they'd like to, and certainly not in the manner that they probably. Yeah, I remember seeing it on the, the shelf. Place. I remember seeing it on the shelf in the shop, but I didn't actually pick yeah. this one up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as I, as I say, I think I'd started to click. I'd started to go to the comic shop at that point. We'd been going there for about a year, I guess. And yeah. The likes of uh, Trencher and, and the Tribe came out, and you know they were cool new books from Image. And, and at the time, I'm a 14, 15 year old. Of course, I'm going to pick them up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Interesting. Well, we're going to go full extreme studios for my final one. Um, 
It's uh, Troll Number One from December 1993. It's got a wraparound cover. Uh, creator writer was Rob Liefeld. Pencils uh, Jeff Matsuda. Um, who else is in it? Let's have a look. Uh, inks Jonathan Sibal, Marlowe, Alquiza. Colors Gloria Vasquez. Color Separations Extreme Studio. Brenda Donnelly, Jason Irwin, Andrew Cumoff, Ron Rife, Donald Skinner, Dave Smith. So a lot of people on colour separations. Uh, letterer Kurt Hathaway, editor Eric Stevenson. So Stevenson was with Extreme at the time, wasn't he? So this was the period where they had the... Um, who's the character from Youngblood, the big rock creature? I'm forgetting his name. Bad Rock. Bad Rock, yeah. They had the huge Bad Rock costume, didn't they? They used to walk around conventions. They built a spaceship. They bought a spaceship, didn't they? They, they, they thought, oh, this will be good because fans could sit in it and have photographs and stuff. And then they realised it was too bulksome too too bulky to travel to conventions with so they sold it to a paintballing um center down the road yeah yeah so this is full on um there's a there was a lot of complaints at the time of um inkers being sent stick figures because rob was all over so many different titles um and this sort of thing and and this does suffer from um some interesting let's call it art um troll is a kind of Wolverine clone. He was a member of Youngblood. Bartholomew J. Troll. He's male. He's three foot four inches and weighs fifty nine kilos. He was born in one thousand and six BC. He is. I don't know why this is the case, but apparently he's always covered in blue fur. But he he shaves it to appear more human. It. This one does think of. He must dye it as well. Sorry, mate. He said he must dye it as well. Dyes it grey. Grey. Yeah, exactly. I did wonder that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, this kind of stinks of the um, some of the extreme studio stuff at the time, which does sound like they're just playing with made up action figures and they just make yeah. stories up on the on the, the trot. Um, he has superhuman strength and agility and decelerated aging. Um, he is a troll who decided to fight evil in the Great War in the so the, the First World War. Uh, his first appearance was Image Zero um, in nineteen ninety three. Um, it's just bizarre it's it i'm gonna i'm gonna read you some of the some of the dialogue that um uh, that uh, rob has written um so there i was wuz back on amazonia the legendary isle of isle o paradise i hadn't been in that neck of o the woods since i'd been a teenager and they booted me and my friends off the isle for pissing in the lake <laughs> if it weren't for business i'd uh, cleared steer oh these parts but man's go- <laughs> and it, it goes it goes on like that he's trying to give him an accent is rob confused about between a troll and a leprechaun because he sounds kind of irish in that to me um Excuse me. yeah it's it's a strange <laughs> one it's the famous one isn't it it's the I, I often quote troll as the comic that if you go in london for those who haven't been there there is um the british film institute on the south bank which is a bit hoity-toity arty kind of restaurant area um and they have a like a book market there you know if you, you can buy oh look in the hemingway's uh, first edition of hemingway and all this sort of thing and in it they have a big couple of boxes of comics and i used to walk that way home and i used to occasionally used to stop and you know like look through the comics and troll i remember issue one of troll was seven quid in that Jeez, yeah please. just so they can catch the tourist out well you can probably pick troll up for 50p at a comic mart you know um it's it's a strange one he 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 sort of it's i think it's basically him telling about stories 
stories to people of various things he's done. It's a kind of Indiana Jones thing going on with him. He's always always looking for stuff. um, And he finds this um, gold globe thing and he sort of falls through places, goes underwater and ends up coming out of the underwater in front of a sort of damsel, couple of damsels. And whoever's drawn it, I'm sorry, man. You've never seen men before. Yeah. Or she's get very, very weirded out by men. In fact, she shouts, Amen. And Amen. yeah, in big yeah. letters. And um, the way they've drawn it is, um, well, this probably is just me, but the lady is sort of, she's just got a bit of drapery across her nipples, um, sort of blonde, big earrings, you know, um, the sort of guy we used to hang about with in the 80s. And he's <laughs> he's climbed out of the water, but where whoever's drawn this, Matsuda or one of the 83 cl- uh, colour separations artists on this, the water sort of still coming is still dropping off him, and it does look like jizz. I'll be honest with you, the water. <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah it does, um, especially the way it's running off his hair. Sorry, I've, yeah. I've, got, I've, I've got a copy of this, and I don't want to admit it, but I've got a copy of Troll Two as well. Oh, good man, uh, good. So yeah. yeah, that's how bad it was, mate. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it's a strange one. It's um. It's kind of, for me, whenever anyone talks about peak Extreme Studios, I kind of think of Troll. It's just the one that you think, eh, you know. In the back, there's an interesting, there's a talent search page. Um, Extreme talent search, because they were basically grabbing people left, right and centre, weren't they, Extreme? They were so busy, they were just looking for people. And and some of these young kids who'd go in would make a lot of money. Um, Yeah. And and I think the way way they worked, really, is is that you... You were basically just kind of tracing off Rob anyway. Yeah. Because he just wanted clones, didn't he? That's all yeah, he wanted. That's right. I mean, I, I believe Jeff Matsuda thankfully decided to go into animation. Yes, um, exactly. And, and right. stay with the comics because, I mean, yeah, this is just bad. I was going to get into that. Bad so Rob Jeff Matsuda works mostly now in animation. He worked in the, on the Jackie Chan um, Adventures cartoon. Um, he actually submitted Wildcat samples to Extreme and Wildstorm, and uh, Rob was the first person to grab him. He drew Brigade, Brigade as well, which is another sort of Extreme Studios job. Uh, young Blood, Young Blood has, and he drew New Men as well. And if you remember New Men, it's actually there's an advert. I've, the I've got the first ten plus issues of that as well. Is there, was there that many of it? Bloody hell! At least yeah, I was I was searching through just to pick up some some issues just, yeah. just um, earlier on today just to have a look, and I've got at least ten issues I think of New Men. Oh wow, okay. Um, he later worked at Marvel on X Factor, Wolverine, Generation X, and Avengers. Uh, he did. Um, Worked on the Hulk versus Wolverine cartoon, if you remember that. He also worked on Kaboom, yep. awesome comic. So Awesome is the comic company that um, Rob made after Extreme, um, and we'll talk a bit about that in a minute. But he's um, mm. there's quite a few drawing pract- um, practicals of him on on YouTube. If you look him up, it's this is how I draw this character, and this is how I draw. It seems like a nice guy. I think he's clearly very happy in animation, and completely away from the uh, the diabolicalness that was Troll. Um, so yeah, he probably got paid a pretty penny for it. Though. He did, I mean, yeah, he probably did, yeah. Probably cried all the way to the bank. Yeah, from what Rob tells us, from what what Rob tells us, you know, he paid more in, you know, drawing a full um, issue of, of of a comic than some people get in a year from the way Rob talks about it. So yeah, now we could <clears throat> we could spend all night quoting Rob, but one of the the um, yeah. a couple of quotes I might say is um, one he said, "We broke the mold of very static storytelling," was a phrase he uses. Um, okay, well done. Um, and he refers to his time in Extreme as being in the zone, which is quite interesting. Um, I don't know what zone he thinks he's in. Um, the 
Rob Rob talks about his time there and how he. So what happened was him and Sylvester fell out, as I understand it. It's, it's sort of much talked about on documentaries and um, podcasts by them by them. Um, and there was he was going to leave. Um, so um, Sylvester was going to leave, and they had a meeting um, to discuss whether they should get Rob to leave to sort of vote yeah. Rob out because Rob was. I think young and headstrong. To be fair, he was much by the youngest, and he was. I mean, still is. Yeah, yeah. He'd never, he'd never met failure. I think at that point, he he was just you know, was a kid you know doing TV adverts and appearing night late night chat shows, and with a lot of money burning his hand. And they they had a meeting to discuss it. And if it depends what version of this you hear, but I heard a recent version in on the Kirkman documentary where Rob claims that he'd rented the room next to the meeting room that they were holding their meeting in. And that he listened okay. under the door to them, <laughs> to them saying that he should go. But then the story continues that he then sent them a fax to tell them that he was resigning anyway. Now, I'm, yeah, yeah I've, I've not heard the bit about the meeting room, but I, I, Rob himself, I think, in one of his episodes of Observation, said that he'd already decided he was going. Yeah, and there are apparently there's proof that that shows this because he'd already taken out, you know, he'd, he'd already put. A, book it and add in in something or, or something along these lines anyway yeah so it was definite that he was already going yeah it's a weird one isn't it because so, yeah. um why did he fax them if he was in the next room and he could have just slid a note under the door or left a note in reception why did he have to fax them and where did how do you fax somewhere from the place you're at <laughs> yeah and and how do you know what their fax number is yes exactly if they're not in their normal offices they're yeah yeah if they rented an office somewhere to I, which yeah. which leads me on to say that this is a much talked about um, period of comics history, you know, a five six year period. Um, I'm going to say it's over talked about. There seems to be, mm. if you look online, you could, there's the image documentary with a famous one that was um, the Kickstarter one, um, the crowdfunding one, which I, I watched and enjoyed and learnt stuff from. Then we had the Kirkman one. There's a Sci-Fi Wire one. Um, there's Observations. There's various other YouTubes I've watched. It's it's just talked about to death. Um, it wasn't the first time people did that. If you look at um, the Paco, um, the Paco book that we we talked about with Tom Stewart a few months ago, about the Spanish the Spanish cartoonist did exactly the same. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, is it called Daytime of the Cartoonist? I'm forgetting now. I'm blanking on it. But it's um, it's not this. It's not this remarkable. There's a lot of remarkable things that happen, and they seem to um, the narrative seems to get twisted. I heard. Um, uh, Todd talk about it was all it might have been the documentary making pushing the emphasis pushing the rhetoric the narrative but the he was talking about it being because of Kirby and I'm and all like I'm looking at and watching this I think no it was because of money you know that's how I felt about uh, it yeah I um, the thing you said about Kirby one of the one of the guys I was one of the, the interviews I was listening to today and it may well have been Todd he, he, he uses the same um the, the same story that it was all about how if they did this to Kirby, they'll do it to anybody. And I mean, Todd is very bitter towards the big two. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's the one, the who's, only never one returned, think who's never gone he? back yeah, there. Yeah. He, yeah, he despises them. And I, when you, when you say that we, we, we're overhearing this story, I think that there's two reasons I think in this country, well, and, and the UK scene, why we, we hear this story a lot and, and don't hear about something like, like, like you say, the Spanish um, story yeah. is because we have been so wrapped up in, in, in us, comics in us society for so long that we haven't been interested in what's been happening in, in europe we, yeah. you know we 
most of us don't have a clue about um Bond we don't have a clue about stuff, the, yeah. the yeah, yeah the Bond destiny we don't have a clue about the, the the scene over there but we know everything about America there's also the yeah. fact that the likes of Rob keep bringing it up so they keep you know when it when it falls out of it's disappearing it's disappearing oh he's he's back to tell us again you know he's very vocal he likes to make sure everybody knows what he's done who he's created etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and and when you, when you talk about the fact that we don't really know what went, what went on, I listened to four um, interviews today with the same interviewer. And Rob said that he took out in the Comics Buyer's Guide um, an advert for his new book, which was going to be called The Executioner. Oh, so this is when he was Eric at Marvel, said, wasn't it? Yeah. When yeah. he was at Marvel and he got threatened, yeah. Eric said the book was called The Exterminators. And Jim Valentino called it something completely different, The Extremists. Right. So okay. they can't even decide what what the book was called themselves. To be perfectly honest with you, so yeah. I think that's why we get. You know, it's just like everything else. You and I will finish this podcast, and in half an hour, I'll remember certain things that we've spoken about, and you might remember it slightly differently. Yeah, I can't remember what I did you know, yesterday, it's, it's, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, and so when you meet, you know, when you when you remember it, some of us are misremembering things. You might remember remember the tone differently, etc. So, I mean, I think this this angle the whole is. Breakup thing. It's, it's nice. Occasionally, we do see them being honest. So. um Todd, in one of the interviews I saw, said we did take advantage of the consumer, and I, I think that's plain. I think they did. Yeah. I mean, you just got to look at Hellshock. You know, they put out half a comic yeah. because they knew that people would buy Image Books. Um, and yeah, I think there is there was that advantage taken of us, and it did set back comics. It really did, and it did cause a um, an implosion because of this financial which they may not have started, but they certainly took part in, participated within, yeah. is this, this financial boom that it's still we're still feeling the effects of now. You know, people still say, I bet you know, I bet you keep comics in your loft. And that's not how it works. There should just be these consumables <laughs> that kids read. And we, you know, you roll up, put in your back pocket, and you read in the train. Same as they do in Japan. Tony, you know. I'm, I'm still seeing people, you know, today on groups in Facebook with comics that have literally just come out this week saying, is this worth slabbing or not? And you're thinking, yeah. read the fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. Just read yeah. the fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who he was telling me the day. It might have been Jason Wilson was telling me that there's a tradition in Japan where um, if you get off a tr- tube train, you hand a comic to the person getting on the yeah. tube train. I think that's marvellous. I think that's mm. brilliant, you know. Definitely. Yeah, there used to be comics and pornography was all that was in my hairdressers, you know, my barbers. <laughs> that's what I used to read, you know. Yeah. The thing is, though, you can't do that now because they're so expensive comics. You know, it's like yeah, you know, no. remortgaging your house if you get off every train and give somebody a comic book. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you're like the uh, this millionaire giving out things, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I I think there is that. I think they um, – I, I don't believe the narrative that they are heroes. I believe the narrative that what they did possibly did resonate for creators' rights onwards, but they did – it wasn't all – Oh, look at me doing this marvelous thing for comics. You know, certainly if I need no. to make. Oh, I should be making more money. Someone says to them. You know, I think we've got. We look back on it yeah. with a nostalgia factor. I think, as well. Definitely. Um, if you, if I gave my my son's a early twenties comic reader, if I gave him Troll, he'd think I was nuts. <laughs> yeah, because he's used to the sophistication of Preacher or Why the Last Man or you know something yeah. like that. You know. Um, they they do have an energy to them. I think it is fair to say there is an energy to them, and I don't think they'd have um, um, they'd have succeeded without that. There's a girl called Rodriguez. She's in the Fast and the Furious. I forget her first name. Michelle. Michelle Rodriguez. And uh, she said, I wrote it down. It says their legacy 
and she's sort of saying it wasn't the craft, it wasn't the storytelling. Their legacy was their balls, and I thought that's the best way I've heard it. They had they had like balls on them to go off and just start a business, which yeah. happens in all worlds, doesn't it? You're doing it yourself, you know. Well, no, exactly. Yeah, it's um, it, I, I guess it it made news as they keep saying because there's the seven of them were at the top of their game, or five or six of them were. Yeah. And they did it, you know. As you say, it wasn't the first time people buggered off and did their own books. It wasn't even the first time in America, you know, because Dark Horse had been taking, uh, you know, big creators yeah, yeah. away from Frank Miller from, from yeah. DC. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You're right, man. And it's um, it's a different fish now. Um, for those that hear us talking about image, it's a completely different fish now, isn't it? It's uh, it's a place to yeah. you know a creative space, uh, create our own well, story thing, you know. Jim Van. Valentino, I think it was. Um, I think it was him anyway. He said that when he took over as publisher in the, I think it was the late nineties, because it was him who brought in um, uh, Kirkman and yeah, it was yeah. Uh, oh God, who was the ones? Um, and was he said Brian that K. when he Warren took over, they, they were basically. I can't remember. Uh, and Bendis as well. I think. Oh yeah, I think yeah, it was. Bendis was another one. Yeah. And he said when he took over, they were doing titillation books. Basically, it was you know the sort of things you see from um, Avengerine uh, and all this sort know, of thing. Yeah. 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 And that sort of stuff, yeah. you know, that was what it, that was what it was. And it's like just, I'm not having this. And he cut them yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it obviously in some respects got worse, um, but it had to get worse to get to where they are now really is, yeah. as, uh, you know, the sort of place you want to go. And still number three, I think I know IDW occasionally is more popular, but to me, if I think of the big comic, comic companies, it's Marvel, DC and image. But then again, image yeah. is, less of a, uh, a a comics factory and more of a, a place to take your comic to and they you know they provide certain services but they don't always provide editors for example and stuff like that you know it depends what your deal is no, with that's them. on you isn't it yeah 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 exactly good well i think we gave that a balanced look mate i gotta tell you i think we were quite balanced in our view of it there um yeah. <laughs> was it about you know from a sort of uk cynical view I was cynical of it at the time, and I'm, I'm much more cynical of it now. And I think I think it's time we need to stop hearing about it. Let's move on and hear about other creators, you know. Well, I, I think, you know, from the balance view, I mean, as, as you say, you, you were quite cynical at the time, whereas I was kind of coming into my, you know, my, my really, my big buying yeah. uh, time with, with comics. So Image kind of, you know, birthed uh, um, birthed me into, into comics and, and, and got me excited about comics. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to look back and go, oh, these are the best books ever. Yeah. You know, I, I was interested in Jim Lee and and and, and, and Rob Liefeld and, and Mark Silvestri because of the energy, I guess, they brought at the time. Yeah. But as, as stories go, they weren't the best. Yeah, I get you, man. Good. <laughs> it wasn't the best art either. Yeah, but, you know. I know. It's, it's, a little, it's a little period in our lives, isn't it? The, uh, um, oh, yeah. Okay, well, thanks for that, man. That was good. Always, we, we, I was looking forward to this one. It was a nice little chuckle. Made a change from a deep dive into into an intellectual, you know, volume of books. But this was a, this is a bit of fun. Um, yeah, there's no point getting me on anything intellectual, Tony. I, 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 I just like to quote some of the other ones I read. I read Brigade Issue Two because of you. I read Bloodpool Number Two, Bad Rock and Company Number Five, and Number Two. I read Backup Stories, and I read about eight issues of Wizard Magazine. There you go. Just to get into it, I want to sort of get into that headspace. Oh, and I read something called Union, which is actually all right. Actually, quite good. I didn't mind that. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so let's talk a bit about you, dude. So, the first issue of Brand, the Brand Magazine, is is on Comic House. I read it on there. Thank you very much for the advert, by the way, mate. It's very kind of you. Um, no worries. And so, what what have you got going on? So, issue two's in the bag, is it or? Issue two is uh, being finished up in the next two or three weeks. Right. Um, all the interviews uh, that will be going this three interviews 
will go into each magazine. The first one's only got one, right? Um, because uh, you know just the timing of it all. Uh, but every issue then should have three uh, interviews. They've all been done. I'm just uh, converting them to um, you know to, to the written piece basically. And there's going to be a couple of other pieces in there which are done. Um, there'll be a few uh, Sunday comic type things. Oh, nice. It's my own personal uh, comic, and um, I've got another guy. Um, I won't uh, spoil it right now, but he's uh, he's he's put his own uh, comic in into the magazine oh, as nice. well. Okay, um, it's so so it is growing slowly. Um, yeah, it's it, as I said to you. I think when, when I spoke to you back in January, it, it's a vanity project in many respects. It's for me when I'm struggling to have the time to actually draw comics to get something creative done. Yeah, but it's a learning um, process. You know, more as than well. anything, is that right for you or exactly? Yeah, yeah it's exactly it's 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 helping me with graphic design um you know it's 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 having an online portfolio right there you know in a website basically um in the magazine um you know and and i'm also uh, i'm I'm enjoying just spreading the word about you know like you you guys do uh, on the awesome comics podcast and spreading the word about small press comics um and uh you know musicians that you don't really hear about and stuff like that you know because they're not they're not going to jump out at you from your itunes yeah um app um yeah it's so I'm, I'm enjoying it so, so far. What's the, it's a lot for of work. Those, I'm enjoying. For those who didn't listen to our last one, what's the central premise? So you're talking about a brand in a, a sort of marketing way, is that right? Or a... well, no, no, not really. Okay. To be honest with you, it's um, the the idea really was just just to talk uh, to different creators, um, not just in the comic sphere, because that was something I was worried about going into because there are other uh, podcasts out there, um, uh, you know who. Who delve into that? So I didn't want to focus just on comic books. Okay. Um, and it was to talk about them as a brand or their brand. And I know that we all hate the term the brand, you know, <laughs> as, or, or we all hate the term branding. But it exists, my friend. That's the it. thing. But we know it exists. As I said before, yeah. it exists. That's what we are. We're, yeah. Whether you like it or not, that's what we are. Um, so I mean, it, originally that probably was going to be a little bit about, uh, you know, about um, about uh, marketing and branding, etc. But it, it kind of morphed into as i was doing the interviews more conversational pieces about uh just people's journeys to be honest okay with um in delving into their journeys the reasons why they decided to go a certain way use certain you know that the uh, rob jones will be on the uh, the forthcoming yeah um episode and we all know rob jones as as maddie's comics you know and, and i wanted to know why they chose a bloody awful color like orange to be honest with you okay okay you yeah. know as opposed yeah, yeah. to something cool so it was just looking at down the the, the market the, the way they went down marketing and um and stuff like that and and um you know where, where they see themselves going so it's it's kind of a conversational piece about somebody's journey i guess yeah um, and you mentioned there as well there's a podcast and, and, and there's, said a, before, there's a podcast as well yeah a podcast yeah and the magazine yeah it was um it, it started off as a magazine i wanted to get into uh do it uh, my newfound skills if you want to call it yeah, that, yeah, yeah. using the air quotes um <laughs> uh, in, in in graphic design that looks but great I, man I, yeah yeah it looks really good i love I love podcasting, right? You know, and I I listen to way too many. I don't have the then you know, I I listen to way too many. That I don't have the time to listen to. To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> and I just you know I like to talk shite. So I just thought, you know, why not get my own? So I I was kind of throwing ideas around in my own head to decide what uh, where, where I wanted to go, and I just kept coming back to people's brands. Um, as I say, because I didn't want to focus on the comic side of things. Okay, yeah. I wanted to be able to go into you know there's the the second issue the sec sorry the second episode of the um, the podcast and it'll be in the second magazine i speak to a guy who's a wrestler um <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 i'll be speaking to a um a musician in america um 
in a couple of weeks time now two or three weeks time um you know so you know i wanted to kind of move around just not from the, the comic circles from all sort of different yeah different circles uh, of life no it's great man no i love it it's a good idea and i know we're both big followers i think without we didn't know each other at the time but many for many years we've been 11 o'clock comics followers haven't we yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and I, it's only recently I, mean, I realised you're on the Slack. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not as famous as you within the uh, the the the, the 11, Obviously, you're <laughs> Get um, off. <laughs> fourth guest and you know fourth chair, etc. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no. I've I've been in the Slack probably for a year or two now. I'm not entirely sure, but I've I've followed them for many years, and yeah. and I've been a patron I think since day one, but it oh, cool. wasn't in the Slack. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, it's um, a great the, the, the problem with the Slack is so many different. Um, different social media apps and things now it's difficult to you know manage them all to be fair yeah it is yeah i mean um, to be fair if it wasn't for this and the comics and stuff i don't know whether i'd be on twitter i might have a facebook that i probably wouldn't update but the 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 slack seems a sort of slightly less toxic environment doesn't it it's sort of very friendly and supportive i don't think it's only well, recently i've ever seen an argument on there i don't think i ever saw an argument up until recently on the slack yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I miss that argument. I'm a bit gutted to be honest with you because um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you you, yeah. you wake up and and you have a little look and and it's all oh that kicked off and you're like what? But they've deleted it all. Yeah. But you know yourself, obviously, because of your your Patreon um, with uh, with Tribute Press, yeah. um, that you can manage what goes on in there. Yeah. So if you don't want somebody in there, if somebody is becoming a problem, you know, you you can you can say that this this isn't happening. Yeah. You you know you either uh, you know you. you we're not trying to control anybody here, but but it's a case of if 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 you want to spout off right wing nut job theories, yeah, that's fine. Go. But do it in your own yeah, time, exactly. in your own, yeah, you know, not here. Um, <laughs> so you can create a, a nicer community. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, cool. So where can we find you? Where can we find the uh, the magazine? Sounds great. Looking forward to the second issue. Uh, yeah, the the magazine um, as well as being on uh, Comic House uh, on the Comic House app. Cool. Um, under the brand magazine. Lovely. Um, if you go to www.thebrandmedia.uk, um, on there is uh, the first issue of the magazine. Um, it's in one of those flip flip book type things. Oh, nice. I like those. Like the um, Zuzu and, type. Yeah. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also the uh, the podcast episodes are also um, on there as well. And uh, the podcast should be on all, uh, all podcatchers. Uh, it's just... Uh, the brand podcast good are you on spotify are you uh yes yeah that's, yes. that's where the millennials so go so. look at us learning these new skills to keep up with the youngsters <laughs> but yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah i'm on there yeah good stuff man and please do listen to it it's very good yeah very slick yeah it's good stuff um look at all of us middle-aged men making podcasts during lockdown you me and damien went all right didn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. all worth a listen yeah <laughs> <laughs> good stuff i had to do something yeah i know i know good stuff um thanks for mentioning we do have um a patreon at the moment it's patreon.com forward slash tribute press currently it's george mayhem is the you'll get a, a comic strip a day uh, and then at weekends you get um a couple of videos a bit of craft and stuff like that we've got some new stuff coming i'm just in the process of finishing up a story with um demetrius zach which is going to follow on from george mayhem which i'm very excited about um following the nature of fame in the uk how does fame affect us 
Um, we also have at Tribute Press, we have a Kickstarter going because we uh, we like to run too many things at once. You're allowed back on. <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, there's a little bit of a story around that. We might have had to have a different account, but yeah, we're back on there. You put some breasts <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See, you're not coming on unless you've got so many naked in it. Yeah, well, I didn't quite write the uh, the blurb in exactly the same way as I wrote the last one as well. So <laughs> it's uh, Atomic Hercules Weapon of Mass Destruction. Wait till you find out what that, that weapon is. Um, and if you go to Kickstarter and look for Atomic Hercules, you'll find it. Um, we are, I think, as I speak, we've got another 11 days to go. We're very pleased, over the limit now, but uh, can always do with some more. I think you will enjoy it. It's 40 pages, black and white magazine format. And then maybe a, um, a Pete, an article in the back about Nazi exploitation movies. I'm in the middle of writing at the moment. So have a look at that. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, mate. It's another cracker. We'll have a chat in a minute about doing another one. But I shall leave Thanks. you um, with a few words and some machine gun fire from the cult leader. <laughs> Look, I, I told I told Brother Esmond not to... He, he just went out there and he did it. I told him not to piss off the federal agents. Now they're shooting at it. Oh, hi. Uh, welcome to the cult of Q. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for your membership. It has been gratefully enjoyed, and um, we have been gratefully enjoying your money and um, having an awful lot of sex. Yes, we do um, sex at the Cult of Q. And um, yeah, d just ignore the noise outside. Everything's fine. Everything's okay here. Um, please don't forget to send cash or check to, uh, uh, to the P.O. box below. Thank you. Mm -hmm.